ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series Greek episode by episode. So today we're recapping season two, episode six. See you next time, sisters. Love the title name. <laughs> I don't think I would have gotten it if um, Santa hadn't told us about it in her interview. I know. I'm wondering if I would have, like, of course now I think I would have, like, reading it, but probably not. The but sisters I, threw me, though. Yeah. It's so good. How did they get that past ABC? You think that they just had no idea? <laughs> I think, yeah. I think they were just oblivious to it. I love it. Um, so this episode originally aired September 30th, 2008. And the IMDb summary is, with Lizzie still acting as their chaperone, Casey, Franny, and Ashley go to the Zeta Beta Zeta National Convention. Franny hopes to overturn a national bylaw that threatens to keep her from another bid at ZBZ presidency. With Franny out of town, Evan openly flirts with another girl, causing Calvin some discomfort as he questions his own morals. Max rents the Capitao house to throw a party for the engineering students. The KT brothers are on board with the plan as the funds raised can help to fix the fire code violations for which they were recently cited. The episode was directed by Michael Lang and written by Patrick Sean Smith, Jessica O'Toole, and Amy Rarden. That is such a long description. That was so Who's in charge of writing these descriptions? Sometimes it's one sentence. Like, that was like, okay, do we need to recap this? That was truly (laughs) such a long summary. I think it's like IMDb members. Like, I think it's like people who like, pay for to use my roommate my roommate's an imdb pro member yeah i think they can write them i don't really know but that was they just stole our job yeah yeah thanks for listening thanks for joining us on this fun Fun. (laughs) hope you enjoyed that imdb (laughs) see you guys next week (laughs) but i loved this episode i'm really excited to dive in um i thought it was great Season two has just been banger after banger. No sleepers. They're delivering. Yeah. Okay, so let's get started. We are in Max's dorm room, um, and Casey is there, and she's watching him scream angrily on the phone in German. And, of course, he is bilingual, trilingual, quadlingual, whatever, Max can do it all. That's that's what they want at NASA. But we find out that he is scrambling to try to find a venue for the, like, he's throwing a party for the engineering majors. I don't really, oh, it's a Galileo-themed party. I don't know what the actual occasion is, but it's Galileo-themed party that I guess they throw once a year. I don't know if it's just honors engineering or all engineering students, but it's just like an annual thing that they that the RA throws, I guess. Yeah, I think it's for like his hall. And Casey's saying, you'll figure it out. You're so smart. And she's talking about like party planning. And he says like, well, she's so good at this stuff. And then she's saying, well, like, being an English major, she doesn't have a built-in career path, which I feel that. <laughs> and then she goes on to talk about how like that's kind of gotten her thinking, like maybe when she's at the ZBZ National Convention that's coming up this weekend, she could figure out some of her career paths since she's not just going to go like be an engineer, or go be a lawyer. She is still very much like open to other things. Max says that she can do anything because she's amazing. That's also our philosophy on Casey Cartwright. That's so cute. Isn't this where she also kind of, does she already suggest that she like kind of wants to work for ZBZ? Yeah, she's saying like, oh, maybe I'll get like an in- a summer internship out of it or something like that. Yeah, saying she could take it beyond like just her chapter. I know, I was kind of like, ooh, Casey. I know know. it's not great, but people are very passionate about it. I will say that the people who go on to work for their sororities, they do not lack passion. 
Yeah, that seems correct. I remember overhearing these girls at the airport when I was like leaving Arizona this summer talking and they were definitely working for like a national chapter. And they were like so excited because they were definitely older than college age. Like I'd say they were probably like around like a little bit older than us. Mm -hmm. And like, just like the level of passion they were talking about, like the shirts, the events, the plans, like I, I couldn't help but like get invested myself. Yeah. I saw actually yesterday, I saw a middle-aged woman on the street wearing a shirt that said Kappa Girl. (laughs) Okay. That is cute. (laughs) We love that. So now we're at the KT house and the guys are about to do like the Mentos Pepsi experiment inside in their living room. And it's interrupted by a knock at the door and it is the CRU fire marshal. Um, He's expecting, inspecting all of the houses, making sure they're up to code. And as he's explaining this to Cappy, um, their door frame just completely collapses going from their foyer to uh, their backyard. I don't know if I would call that house like a foyer seems like kind of a nicer word for what that is but <laughs> the grand hallway perhaps <laughs> yeah <laughs> the grand hall and then as that happens beaver does drop a mento i i think accidentally into a pepsi bottle and it explodes and the bar- fire marshal says these are all violations <laughs> <laughs> I, who's gonna clean up the sticky minty Ew. soda no one no one. I would if I spill a little bit of water on my floor, I collapse. <laughs> Imagine Damn. how sticky their floor is. Like when you walk in, I bet like that your shoe like peels off when you take it, a step. Their house definitely has that dive bar smell. Totally, totally. totally. Uh, and the dive like, bar stick. Yeah. Oh god. Oh my God, dive bar smell. Like there's something weirdly comforting about it, but also like really disarming. Yeah, you're like, you could be blindfolded with like earbuds in and you would know exactly where you were by the smell and by the way your shoes are a little too tacky to the floor. Yeah, yeah it's like beer, urine, Ew. tears. Yeah, I'm lots kidding. of yeast. <laughs> in any form (laughs) and then that pink that pink soap that's always in the bathroom oh yeah that's also in like preschools (laughs) yeah also just side note the smell of those paper towels that are brown when they're wet yeah atrocious it's the worst I'd I'd sooner just wipe my hands on my pants yeah it's or just do a little like air dry situation it's farmer style (laughs) yeah yeah anyway that was the aromatherapy portion of this episode. Interesting because it, like that house, I would I would actively work to never go to the bathroom there. The next scene, we see someone using the bathroom on purpose. Yeah, so it, it's presumably the next day and the KTs are like trying to have kind of like a yard sale. At first, we don't really know what's going on or why this woman is in their house in the first place. This very small panicked woman it's the woman that rebecca bullied or that bullied rebecca and then rebecca tackled it's that horrible girl oh well she has bad judgment so that makes sense she also cut rusty in line at the bathroom at the omega chi party she's everywhere she's annoying each and every time we see her she's always trying to use the bathroom yeah (laughs) yeah wow full circle so she shows up I knew she looked familiar but I'm so bad at like picking out I feel like you guys always know like the exact scene where we've seen somebody I'm like you I've seen you and it might have been in the fuller house episode or (laughs) (laughs) so she is there she's asking me to use the bathroom absolutely wretched choice of house on if you're on Greek row go to Omega Chi and the brothers are trying to sell her gross belongings, like a used sex doll, a rug, a stained throw rug, human hair. Jeremy's what's that? Hair. What's that guy's name? Jeremy. Jeremy. Oh yeah, who? <laughs> they thought was Jen K. Who rescued yes. that was Jen K. Yeah. <laughs> so we find out that they're trying to raise six thousand dollars 
to fix everything that needs to be brought up to code so they can keep their house, which is also interesting. Like I didn't know that the Greek houses on campuses were like up for being taken away. It feels like student housing. It's definitely not student housing. I don't really know how it works, but I do. I would think nationals would play more of a role in it. This seems like their dues pay for that. I don't really know, but I know it's not considered student housing through a school. Okay, got it. Well, regardless, they're not giving us any details. On they might not know their details. Happening. But yeah, Cappy's lecturing them and he's saying, "You, Heath, put your beer down. Beer is for closers. You need to always be closing so you can sell all of these belongings. And he, he would be an excellent MLM leader. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he really would be. Okay, now we're in Franny's room and Evan is watching her watch herself in the mirror, put on her outfit to go to the national convention. She looks like a flight attendant. (laughs) She does. I said that she looks like a lawyer in a courtroom drama. Ooh, that's true. She really has a way of aging herself. Or like a Halloween costume of a lawyer. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. A spirit Halloween costume. Yeah. That plastic package. Exactly. Yeah. And Evan says, you're going to outshine everyone there. And she's like, yeah, I know. I'm not really one of those girls that like needs to be reassured or supported, which is like, okay, slay mama. But also, whoa. He said one thing and it was nice. It wasn't even like objectifying him or anything or her. It was just like, okay. A compliment. Yeah. And Evan makes this face like he's like, oh, clearly he's getting a little sick of her. And he says, yes, dear. Well, because she also reminds him, I don't really know why this was such a big deal to him, but he brings it up in a later scene. She's like, and don't forget to RSVP for the Dean's spring reception. Oh, yeah. And that really bothers him. I I mean, it is like she is very much like acting like his nanny, but he, I don't know why that specifically kind of sets him off. She's really LARPing as like a housewife, <laughs> you know, who like they've been married for 30 years yeah we said this last week but they've quickly like fallen into a rhythm of being like a married couple that you know he's like this big business tycoon and she's organizing his social affairs yeah little costumes (laughs) i know and he is doing that really annoying thing like i think she i mean even though she does look like a lawyer or flight attendant she looks good but he's like wearing like a suit but with sneakers and oh, it just makes him look like, it makes him look like a small boy. <laughs> or like a, a professor trying to be cool. Yeah. Right. Or like an acapella, like, you know, like. Yeah. They have, uh, I know, like I'm a, picturing Skylar Aston. Yes, yeah. <laughs> or a professor in a movie that's like about to break out into song to teach you the lesson. Yeah, they're yes. kind of both giving pitch perfect in this scene. Perfect. She kind of looks like a bard and Bella. She does. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. They're literally giving Skylar Aston and um, Anna, is it Anna Camp? Anna, Anna Kendrick. And they were married for a little Oh wait, or Anna Camp oh, is also oh, in it. Yeah, they yeah. were married. <laughs> oh wow, God. that crossover. Okay, so now they're at the convention in Orlando. Orlando. <laughs> that's um book of mormon jacqueline Mm, thank you (laughs) (laughs) it kind of looks like miami though did you guys think it looked a little bit like miami maybe i I haven't to orlando in a while it looks like lot b on the cbs lot (laughs) actually just la no they give a um like an aerial yeah yeah but they shoot the rest of it all inside so yeah (laughs) there is no need to go to Orlando I would have loved to have them like go to Disney World uh, like at the very end (laughs) that would have been probably also very realistic to like this type of convention Franny's doing on the teacups Spinning like grossly fast, like so fast that anyone else would vomit, but hers is like with extreme intensity. <laughs> I always want to be the most high velocity spinning. <laughs> of course. <laughs> 
That's squares. Oh my god! And imagine how cute Tegan and Lizzie would look with like little mouse ears. Imagine Lizzie with uh-huh. like Disney oh, mouse ears. Uh-huh. Lizzie would be a Disney adult. 100. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> If she had the time. So Ashley and Casey are walking together and they're so excited. They're like jazzed about this, which I feel like we would not have been jazzed to be at a I went. convention. <laughs> we did? Like, I've been to one. It's exactly like this. Oh my God. Oh, well, actually I lied. I didn't, it wasn't a convention the year that I had to go. It was like training. It's exactly the same. They have a convention on certain years. And then every year they have like a specific regional training, which is very similar. And like you do the same stuff, but it's not quite as much like fanfare. I don't think, but this does exist. I think ours was in Ohio. Did they pay for you to go? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. We went to Seattle. That's kind of fun. Ohio would have been rough. Yeah, that was that's where our first chapter was, right? Ohio. I feel like we were always talking about Ohio. Yeah, I think that's where like the first, yeah. A summer in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> it's always summer in Ohio. <laughs> Great. So then Ashley is talking about how it's so annoying. Well, I guess they're both talking about how it's annoying that Franny gets to be there because she's the new pledge educator, which is kind of true because Franny, she spotted schmoozing in her flight attendant outfit, which nobody else is dressed like that, by the way. Like everybody else is like cute cash, but looking, you know, chic or not chic, uh, just based on Casey's outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of spaghetti strapping going on with Casey. Definitely overdressed. She's definitely yeah. like taking it to a place of like dress barn. Yeah, she's inappropriately dressed for sure. And then we see Lizzie and she's so excited to see Casey. She says, as I live, ZBZ. And it's so cute. She loves Casey, but who doesn't? Franny, I guess. But uh, it's more a love hate. Right. It's because they haven't kissed yet. Mm-hmm. Totally. They do this secret ZBZ handshake, which is like a lot of like little like intricate finger movements. It's kind of giving let's rock, let's rock, <laughs> let's rock today. <laughs> it kind of is <laughs> giving rock. That. As they're doing the handshake, Tegan walks by and Casey tells Lizzie she's planning to ask Tegan for a summer internship when she's in a better mood. And Lizzie is like very skeptical of that opportunity arising Mm -hmm. because Lizzie is very optimistic, but she's realistically optimistic. Like she's just upbeat. She's not like naive. Yeah. And when Tegan walks by, she immediately is like ordering Lizzie around. The worst. Tegan's worse than Franny. She's just adult Franny. She really is. I didn't even realize that was taken at first because she's like, she's shown so quickly at the beginning. Yeah. Well, and Lizzie keeps calling her. Lizzie is like, okay, Tay Tay. Yeah. Also, Casey's wearing one of those shirts. I don't know what these shirts are called, but they were so popular back in the day. I feel like a lot of girls used to wear them. They were like a tank top you'd wear under something. And they have like a little bow right there. Yeah. I don't know that they had a name. Yeah. I just feel like I, it really like was like, whoa. I forgot about those. Jump scare. I kind of want one. <laughs> yeah. Wait, we should all get them. That'd be cute. That would be cute. We can only record wearing them. Back at the CRU campus, Max walks into Rusty and Dale's dorm and he tells him that the party's canceled because there's no venue and Dale loses it. <laughs> Immediately is so upset. He's been looking forward to it and he's saying... It's not fair because the campus always can supply a venue for the Greek world, which is true. Mm-hmm. He's very like, it's within his own bounds to be upset about this. I'm on Team Dale right now, yeah. Um, which I usually am, except for some blaringly obvious times when I'm not. But <laughs> um, <laughs> Rusty then like has a light bulb go off on the top of his head. And he says it's KT House can host them um, They because they need the money and they'll let them drop stuff off the roof because they're doing that for the Galileo party. Yeah. Cause that was like a big reason that none of the um, other venues wanted them. They said it was like a liability for things to be dropped off of the roof. Yeah. And it we'll find out later. Like, it seems like maybe like word has spread around town 
right. host this party. But right now it's just like, okay, engineers having a Galileo theme party. Why is it so hard? So Max thinks it's a good idea. And Rusty is excited. Two birds, one stone. He's going to yes. get the money and he's going to get his party, have his cake and eat it too. This also turns into a very strange like discussion about like renaissance time because dale says that galileo wouldn't have approved of the party being held in such an unclean environment and then max who we have learned is a true renaissance man seeing as he speaks multiple languages and has varying interests says well actually galileo lived during a time when nobody bathed so it's fine and then dale says in keeping with theme then he won't shower till after the party and he smells himself and he says off to a good start. Ew. And yeah. Oh my gosh. We'll get there. But like Dale later in this episode gets like real, real messy in like a just an icky way. Yeah. Stay tuned. I never got like the affinity for like people who are happy to not shower. And I'm not talking about like depressed people. No. I like I feel like that was like a big thing where it's like, did you shower like for a teenage boy and they're like yeah and then they're like did you actually shower and they're like no it's like that's one of I shower multiple times a day it's a joy in my life I love I was just gonna say fresh yeah I was gonna say if anything I have the problem where I possibly shower too much yeah sometimes I'll shower three four times in one day yeah if it's summer in New York City (laughs) oh god yeah and especially before bed like I don't really like to get into bed without being freshly showered a rinse a rinse at least especially like living in New York yeah Yeah. if you've been on the subway rinse mandatory mandatory rinse you've been outside yeah (laughs) you're breathing inside rinse (laughs) so now back at the convention there's a creepy choir set up um there's snapping happening then the president walks out to address the zbz's um and ashley knows all of these random facts about zbz history um and she's just like rapid firing them at casey who is like noting how interesting it is that she knows all of this And she says, ever since she started being a tour guide, she's developed an affinity for learning about history, which I love. Cute. So cute. Um, I love that this job has like really pushed her into a new era of herself, a working woman. So the president opens the floor to anyone who wants to propose any potential changes to their bylaws uh, or whatever she refers to their rule book as. And this first woman stands up and she wants the song to be changed from like a lyric in one of their songs to be changed that I, I like didn't really get what she was saying. I think it was a reference to something that I just wasn't sure about. And then she stays standing and she is trying to push for them to not be so su- superficial in the rush process and saying like, let's not go, just go for the girls with the cutest clothes. And nobody really is like acknowledging or rallying around her. <laughs> but admirable effort. We love that. Push yeah, for Regina. Her. Regina is her name. Regina, Reggie. She's so um, random, like the most random. That's so random. <laughs> yeah, she has, for just a short little role, she plays it very earnestly. That that actress mm-hmm. rose to the occasion. Yeah, earnest is a good way to describe it. So then, I mean, you guessed it, Franny stands up. We saw this coming. And she proposes to change the rule that if a sister has been removed from her position as president that she can't run again. This is where everything clicks too, because yes, she wanted to win over the vote of the, of the new members, but also that member, that position gets sent to the convention. Like, yeah, Franny's playing chess. I gotta say, like she is steps ahead. Cause I, I forgot about, I mean, I kind of remember, but I forgot that like, that was how she got to the convention. And like, Casey didn't even see this coming, even with her realization at the Shakespeare in the Park. Such a good politician. Mm -hmm. Seriously. The girl is smart. The flight attendant knows what she's doing. (laughs) She's savvy for sure. Savvy lady. So after this, Casey tells Franny 
this is going to be an uphill battle for you. It is not easy to pass legislation, you know, don't get too comfortable thinking that this idea is going to pass. And then Franny is just kind of like, well, we'll see and walks away. And then Lizzie passes Casey and she asked her how hard it is to change the legislation because she just told Brandy that it would be really hard. So please tell me that it is hard. And Lizzie lets her know um, that it's a vote in a closed door session with, I believe, seven members because it's yeah. three or four is like what I think it it's seven. Yeah. And it's happening in two days. And Lizzie tells her she's going to need to do some serious lobbying if she wants to make sure that that does not pass schema clock. Um, I have to make a note. Casey is wearing this very large heart necklace. I don't know if you guys caught that. I caught it. It is a Betsy Johnson locket. If you flipped it over, they had her wearing it backwards because it said Betsy Johnson on it. I did own it. Oh my God. Um, I actually am pretty sure at my parents' house, it's still in some kind of like decrepit jewelry box. Oh God, the tarnished jewelry (laughs) in those boxes. Yeah, you like pull it out. Everything's kind of green. Um, Yes, I loved that neck, loved that necklace. And I was very excited to see her wearing it. The chokehold Betsy Johnson had on our middle school and early high school days. I mean, I still remember like, that store in the King of Prussia Mall. It was small. It was in this odd small corner. Dark. They were always small and dark. Small and dark. But when you were in there, you were seen. Yeah. I feel like it was like almost like a Carrie Bradshaw style. Yeah. Or, Very Carrie, even Carrie Diaries, dare I say. It was Carrie Di- I mean, I feel like Betsy Johnson, even as a person, has like a similar style as Carrie kind of. It's kind of like yeah. eclectic and like really, you know, bold choices a lot of like skirts tool tool a lot of tool that's what it is trying on dresses there always felt like the montage of like an 80s teen movie where you're yeah. like over yeah like came out of the dressing room like with this crazy skirt like flipping it open there's like a huge resale market for like vintage betsy johnson dresses now not the ones that we were wearing but like the OG, like very much slip dress era. Like they'll resell on Depop for like six hundred dollars. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Go Betsy. I want, a, I want a new slip dress. They're really cute. I'm on always on the hunt, but they're usually pretty expensive. Oh my gosh. If you get one, you have to post it to the ABC's Insta. And then I'll go and find the necklace and I'll mm. yeah. That would be cute. That would be a vibe. Your Casey necklace. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So then Rusty comes over to tell Cappy about Max renting the house and Cappy's not really buying it. He's also not that excited to meet Max. And at this point too, like, I think Cappy's mostly just not excited to meet Max because he's an engineering RA person. I think already he's not no like- friends. Yeah, already he's not a fan of how highly Riley, Rusty's speaking of him. Imagine if Rusty's name was Riley. (laughs) Riley Cartwright? It rolls off the tongue. It kind of does. But Rusty's kind of trying to sell this idea. He's like, we can keep renting out the house, uh, you know, until everything's paid off. He's like, we can use this as kind of leverage to pay off those fines or whatever. Um, And Cappy's more into that idea. Beaver's into it. Cappy says that, you know, he's like, even if it's the lamest party, you know, at least we'll still have a house. So they're really underestimating this party. Like, I think they're really anticipating like people coming over and playing chess and like going home super early and being boring. So then back in Orlando, Casey is asking Tegan about voting for Franny's amendment. Like she's trying to get a pulse check on like, you know, where Tegan stands. And I think Casey's kind of coming at it from the angle of, oh, Tegan, like you remember how terrible Franny was as a leader. But Tegan kind of like turns that on her and she's like, no, actually I'm invited. I'm inclined to vote for Franny because of the way that Casey like defied her with the whole Rebecca situation. And then she also says that Franny was the one who told her about what Rebecca had done, which was like, the reason she came like Casey's like oh your Franny was the eyes and the ears yeah and so Tegan's like girl 
Yeah, it's she's really outsmarting us all here. Like I would like it's just she's 10 steps ahead in the, the scariest way. Yeah, it's it's getting spooky. I'm like, how did she know all of this? Like, I'm like, even the writers, I'm like, how did they plan this far ahead? And she played it it so cool too. Remember how she had that scene where she was like, well, maybe we can use this to kick Rebecca out. Like, meanwhile, she was the puppet master. I know. And didn't she also stand by Rebecca? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, Casey does first and Ashley and like, like a couple other girls. And then Franny's like, me too. No, but that's before Casey catches her kissing Evan. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but but she had already, like, Tegan was there. She had already told Tegan to come to Greek Week. Oh, right, but that was because I think that she thought Casey also wanted Rebecca out at that point. So we're saying that when Tegan was saying that she was going to kick Rebecca out, Casey stood up and said, like, well, you'd have to kick me out. And Franny was one of the girls that said, you'd have to kick me out too. Right. But I'm saying, I feel like since Franny saw Casey flip and that was before Casey flipped back on Franny that she was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to stand with her. Oh yeah. 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 I see what you're saying. She she had to, but at the same time, like she knew that she had been the one to originally call Tegan. So yeah. Yeah. Like she starts the season seemingly innocent other than the Evan situation and then really derails quickly yeah she's saying how she's playing it so nice but really all along she's just always keeping her options open of how she can screw people over or decide not to totally exactly and so basically that scene ends with Casey feels a bit deflated because it's pretty clear that Tay Tay if you will, has decided to vote for Franny because she is the adult embodiment of Franny. I mean, mm-hmm. Franny is an adult, but you know what I mean. I mean, grown up. Rugrats grown up. <laughs> Rugrats go to Paris. Rugrats <laughs> go to Orlando. Rugrats grown up go to Orlando. And Rugrats then... gone wild all grown up in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> so this next scene is extremely icky like skin crawling icky so Evan and Calvin are just like having a beer at Dobbler's at first it's like just a cute like oh they're having a nice beer but then so Evan's talking about how nice it is to have like a guy's night you know and then Calvin's even talking about like how nice it is because he's like I've just spent the last you know three hours playing Pictionary with Michael Michelle and his boring grad school friends and so like he also needed like a Dobbler's night so Evan also comments that like you know Calvin's kind of like settling down a little too early which is interesting considering his behavior with Franny right but then so this whole time like we're kind of cutting to like these two gals at a table nearby and Evan's kind of making eyes at them yeah they're like not even talking the girls aren't even talking they're like staring at them yeah, the girls are really the girls are really taking action here. Like they're giving them eyes and Evan's receiving the eyes. Like he's not yeah, deflecting. He's very much like intake and he's allowing it like he's definitely like flirting with his eyes which kind of invites them over. Yeah. And while they're walking over Calvin's like, "Wait, like you have a girlfriend." And Evan's like, "There's nothing wrong with a little bit of innocent flirting." Like, also, wouldn't you think like if you're on the like at the campus bar you would know that Evan Chambers is dating Franny Chambers oh oh, Fanny (laughs) Franny May and Freddie Mac (laughs) Franny Chambers to be yeah it feels a bit like it seems like a someone would notice and b it's also just like terrible like Evan's like Franny's out of town I can do whatever I want kind of thing and he's also like even if it is I think there's nothing innocent about flirting with someone else while your girlfriend is out of town. Yeah. It's like, okay, whatever. Once a cheater, always a cheater, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's back to his old ways. So end of scene. We will be and back. He's like worry. basically making Calvin be like, don't even tell them you're gay. Yeah. And Calvin says- I didn't say that, but it's like heavily implied. The scene ends with Calvin being like, you really owe me for this. Yeah. And I mean, granted, you know, Calvin is very attractive. So both of those gals would be lucky. Yeah. The gals also don't look like they would be friends, right? Like they don't, they look so drastically different in age. And like, there's some, there's like no chemistry between the two of them. It just like they're, it looks like they're just two random actresses. 
I feel like they like really leaned heavily into like rando vibes with casting yeah. them. Do you know what I mean? Like the brunette they didn't give them really, anything to work with. Yeah, the brunette has a really cute haircut though. Like the bangs. Oh, I don't remember, but I'm sure you're right. It's like, it's definitely a hairstyle that would be very in right now. Surprisingly. Yeah, she looks great. The other girl, I don't really remember her very much, but she's definitely playing into the flirtatiousness. I mean, for all they know, they're, they've been greenlit. Yeah. If either of you are listening, honestly, great work on the scene. We were all, <laughs> we were all disgusted. <laughs> we were all disgusted. By Evan, of course, but yeah. y'all did a good job of um, seducing him. So then we're back at Capitao and the engineering like, you know, the guys on the floor are starting to come in. They're super early and everybody in Capitao is judging them for being so early. Um, or they're like coming up right as the party's starting, which is a no-no in front world. Mm-hmm. And they bring in this punch too. And it like, it seemingly seems just like fruit punch, you know, your standard. What is that like fruit punch that was really popular at birthday parties growing up? Hawaiian punch. Ooh, yum. It was so red. A box of Hawaiian punch hits different. Yeah, it's definitely giving Hawaiian punch. Um, Yeah. And this is where Rusty is introducing Happy to Max. And Rusty's like really fawning over everything Max says, kind of like repeating it and seems super, super excited to be in the presence of Max. And Max is like, you know, maybe we should move the furniture like just in case. But Cappy's like, oh, it's fine. Like, Like we're used to having parties here. Max makes some sort of joke about Galileo, I think. Wait, did you say... Cappy says he recognized him from Casino Night. Oh, no, I missed that. Yeah, he like mumbles it. And he's like, oh, I recognize this. As they're walking in, he doesn't say it to Rusty. He's like, oh, I recognize this guy from Casino Night because they were at the winning table together. That's an important detail because that's, I think, already like putting, planting a seed in Cappy's mind. Like, wait, I recognize this guy and I have a bad association with him. Mm -hmm. And he, in unison, when they corrected the Jason... Jason in a Travis suit. Jason in a Travis suit. Yeah, they corrected him calling Casey Carey at the same time and there was tension. Yeah. And Cappy's getting jealous too. With the interesting thing, I think he's getting jealous of how much it, you know, Rusty seemingly admires Max. Yeah, he's like really put off by it. Max makes that joke about Galileo and Rusty doubles over in laughter. Yeah. Simp. <laughs> And I think too, Rusty it's like showing like, yeah, like they have that in common. They have that kind of like nerdy sense of humor. Yeah. Rusty loves a male role model. Yeah. Yeah. He must have daddy issues. Do I cut <laughs> that? Maybe not. No. I'll keep it. Yeah. Um, probably true. Yeah. I mean, their parents, both of the Cartwright parents were left yeah. nothing to be desired. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> They're both, they, I mean, they both have terrible parents. So yeah. So Cappy goes as far to call Max a complete douche to Ben Bennett and Ben Bennett kind of agrees. He's a yes man. He's a yes man. Like he, Max did nothing wrong to Ben. Okay. So then it's like, we cut to like later at the party, the plain white tees are back. They are slaying natural disaster. I forgot about that song. So good. So good. I could sing along immediately. Yeah, and they, it's also just, like, so fun. Like, the engineers really do know how to rage. They got the plain white tees, the on-campus <laughs> band on retainer. No, they're supposed to be um, capitals. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, even more impressive. They got the capitals <laughs> to perform. I mean, I guess it is their house. Um, their venue. Their, per- their, their event hall. It comes with the package. So then these engineering students are tossing like watermelons off the roof it's it's getting messy yeah because that was what the galileo party was yeah it's getting like stressful like everybody all the capitals are starting they're like a mix of like surprised impressed and i think a little bit scared of what's happening some of them are really loving it yeah yeah Cappy is like kind of taken aback, but Ben Bennett is very impressed. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, Beaver's already flirting with someone. And then I think Cappy says something to kind of like make fun of her outfit. He says, yeah, but she looks like she's late for a hobbit wedding. 
Yeah. She's and then wearing like Ren, Ren Fair garb. She really is. But then Ben's like, yeah, but she's like still pretty hot, right? <laughs> she was adorable. She, she was, was so cute. Yeah, they were her and Beaver together were really cute in this episode. Really cute. And then that's when Max, you know, he says that the punch, he's telling Cappy that the the punch is made with aerosols. And that like he also like patented this hangover cure. And then Cappy's like, well, I also have a hangover cure. And then this is also a really weird scene. We're back inside and Dale is, he thinks he's drinking non-alcoholic punch, but of course it's like the aerosol punch. And he's flirting with this girl. He like asks her if she wants to make out because he's getting really drunk. And she says nothing back to him ever. Yeah, she has no lines. She has no dialogue. Yeah. My guess is that she was like hired to be an extra and they liked her look for this scene and they're just like, okay, react to him. Totally. She did a great job. I mean, it was a difficult role because she she did a good job of seeming uncomfortable. Yeah. And he is making all of us feel a little uncomfortable because it's just like, we know he hasn't showered. He doesn't drink a lot. So he probably has zero tolerance. He doesn't drink ever. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I think he calls himself a teetotaler. And he said uh, he's feeling tingly all over. Ew. And I mean, it's clearly the alcohol, but he thinks it's love for this woman who's just appeared (laughs) yeah so he basically this scene ends with him just like keep he keeps drinking the punch then we're back in orlando and the zbz's are singing this friendship song like on stage it's there are a lot of like older zbz's that you can tell like people who went to school years ago who are in this choir because the choir is predominantly like older zbz's Mm mm-hmm and the song is not great. Also, everything about this convention, like the shades of pink they're wearing, like kind of makes you a little nauseous. Yeah, it's there's a heavy undercurrent of creepiness. Yeah. So, but meanwhile, Casey's like on the floor. She's like trying to like, you know, work, work the floor, talk to all the ZBZs, trying to get those votes. And she sees that Franny's also doing the same thing. Yeah. And this is where she meets someone named Paula, who, you know, says that she admires Casey for, like, how she's working the room. And then is that where Franny says, like, you don't need to worry about her or something? Like, she's kind of already on my side? Is it no, I don't think Paula needs to be... Con- I don't think she's a voter. No, she's not one of the council members. Paula leaves and, like, or is, like, walking away. And that's when Franny comes over as Casey's about to approach another member and goes like, I think her name's funny. So yes, Paula is not a voter, but she does notice Casey and she takes note of her. She's definitely admiring her. And I think, you know, Casey takes that in and is like, okay. And then um, right as that scene is ending, I will never betray my dear sister. This song we all love (laughs) begins. So then we're back to this icky dobblers moment where these girls are continuing to flirt with Evan. Calvin's not into it. And then, so the girls go to the bathroom and then that's when Evan tells Calvin that Alana has invited him back to her place. What? Calvin's like, what happened to the harmless flirting thing? And Evan's like, since when did you become a Franny champion or Franny fan? Fair. But also, when did this girl have time to do this very casually with two other people sitting at the table who are seemingly not speaking? I know, without Calvin or anyone noticing. She slipped um, him a note on the Dobbler's coaster. Yeah, she she's spoken Morse code. My place? <laughs> it was the bangs. Like the She said it through her bangs. She spelled it out in the bangs. <laughs> M-Y-P. <laughs> the bangs said it all. And um, so Evan's really just like coming up with these bullshit excuses. He's like, we're in college. Like, you know, we have to follow my impulse. And he he's making it seem like they're going to sleep together. Yeah. Um, he's, he's like, it's all about um, sowing your wild oats. Uh, yeah. He goes, 
It's time for sowing wild oats, not Pictionary and the Dean's reception. And that's like such a specific thing. Calvin said, Dean's what? And he's like, never mind. For a second, I thought he was referring to like the way that he's like slightly blackmailing Michelle. Right. Call to the Dean. But then I didn't hear Franny say RSVP to the Dean's reception. So now that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. That really rubbed him the wrong way out of everything she's said and done it, it seems it, like <laughs> it pushed him over the edge yeah whatever <laughs> oh god yeah it is um harkening back to that specific thing she said she was like so biting Brandy yeah. said a lot of weird things like I feel like there were other things you could take issue with aside from just like a a light reminder to RSVP for something. But, mm. Was it not also even just last season that he was going to the Dean's reception or something and like, for, like Casey couldn't come? Yeah. Like he had to bring Rebecca, you know? Yeah. Like all of a sudden now he's completely above that. So um, the plain white tees are like rocking out, but drunk Dale just comes in and like takes the mic, like knocks. I think like he knocks someone over or something. I think the plain white tees even have like a little bit of improv here. They're kind of like, dude, yeah. what's up? Their acting is hard to watch. Yeah. So basically the party is just out of control at this point. Like it's a mess. Everybody's like making out on the stairs and it's like, that scene was also so awkward to watch. Beavers fall in love with this woman who's dressed like a, a, a hobbit. Yeah, they're and, they're like falling deep into the love rabbit hole. Yeah, and so Cappy's like trying to kind of trying to like save everybody. He's like stopping these guys from like shaving Jeremy's head with razors, like with Venus razors, like not actual. <laughs> Clippers and Cappy's like, we got to shut this down, you know? And then Rusty's comes over gloating. He's like, you know, who knew this would be such an amazing, like legendary Capitao party? Yeah. But Cappy's like, this is not a Capitao party. Like this is yeah. trash. He's not interested. <laughs> Max says, oh, well, I thought that you like, you knew how to party. Wait, hold on real quick before that. I just want to point out that Max says, the last venue was condemned because of the gene- genetically modified raccoon that they brought. Oh yeah, we find <laughs> out like some of the backstory of why they got kicked out of all of all of these venue halls. Yeah, uh, but then go ahead, Max. So Max says like, "Oh, I thought you would like be a fan of like a crazy party. Like I hear you know how to party." And he's like, "Who?" K- Cappy goes, "Who told you that?" And he says, "Casey." And yeah. then that's when Cappy is like, oh, well, why? No, that's not how he said it. Oh, Cappy didn't it? ask how he says, um, I like thought you were a huge partier. Casey said, that's why you guys broke up. Right. Oh. Casey he goes right, right into it. it. He doesn't even pause for Cappy to be like, how would you know that? Yeah. And he and goes, Cappy's like, like, how do you know Casey? Yeah. yeah. That's what he says. Oh my God. Max, that was such an idiot move. Casey said that's why you guys broke up yeah I can't believe he said that but then again he was drinking yeah I didn't know if he was drinking or it seemed like him and Rusty to me were like sober and observing the chaos but I could I, be wrong. I feel like they just have a better tolerance since Max is older and yeah. Rusty is a KT right 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 yeah. yeah, but then Cappy, like, flips a switch after hearing that news. Yeah, he walks away and, like, downs his drink. And you can tell it's it's game on for ruining. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's about to spiral. Yeah, he's about to be emo. Emo Cappy. And then we're back at Orlando. I feel like this this episode is just a constant, like, we're at the Capitol House. We're at Orlando. We're at Doppler's. <laughs> like, we are living up these locations. Up and down the eastern seaboard. <laughs> yeah. So Tegan, this is kind of like right outside the convention room, but Tegan is like screaming at Lizzie on the phone. And she's also like, don't call me Tay-Tay. Like I didn't <laughs> ask for a nickname or you didn't like, you're not allowed to call me that. Casey approaches Tegan with ideas of sort of like a trade. So She's like, Casey's kind of like stewing in her mind because I think Casey knows she's talking to Lizzie, who Tegan also calls Frizzy which is very mean. Mm-hmm. And, but Tegan's just like, you know, you could have my vote basically if you can get rid of Lizzie. Like just do do whatever you can. And a summer internship. 
Oh yeah. And the summer internship, which is pretty much all Casey wants at this point. Mm -hmm. And she's saying she can't fire her because her record is flawless, but she's driving her crazy. Yeah. Tegan basically just like hates her, but she's like, I can't do anything about it because she's perfect at her job. Mm -hmm. And so then we're back at Capitao, drunk Cappy and drunk Dale are kind of like laying down, almost cuddling a little bit. Um, but they're talking about men having nipples. Like they're just having like a drunk chat. Well, at first you think Rusty or not Rusty, Cappy is saying that Max and Casey don't belong together because he says it's wrong. Those two just don't belong together. And then he's talking about men and nipples. And And he calls Dale Chip. (laughs) (laughs) I know Dale does. I mean, Rusty could easily be a Riley. Dale could easily be a Chip. Yeah. Dale. Chippendale. He says, I, well, I knew it was one of them when he says it's Dale. <laughs> so they're both talking about how much they hate Max because Dale also hates Max because Casey chose Max and not him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And they're just making fun of him. Like Dale calls him Maxi Pad and Cappy's like, I love it. Like, why don't we hang out more? Like, we should be best friends. Like, you know, that drunken conversation you have with that friend who you then like you don't end up seeing them again for like six months and you're like, hi, how are you? Yeah. It's like uh, the mailroom scene in Elf. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. They could be the Cap and Dale, the Cap and Dale spinoff we all want. But Dale kind of like leans into Cappy and kind of just drifts off into a, a brilliant slumber. Brilliant. <laughs> he does what we all want to do, which is just like lean your your head on Cappy's shoulder and drift off into sweet dreams. Mm-hmm. Give him a little nuzzle. <laughs> a little bug. <laughs> so then we're back at the convention and we see a very sad Lizzie. She's at the bar. She has a glass of wine and she's just, she's weary. Mm-hmm. She says that she's weary. She tells Casey, you know, she's been consulting at 20 chapters this year alone, she's opened 20 more colonies. She said she's colonized 20 more. <laughs> and <laughs> it makes me think of her like a little ant or something. I know. And then she says that Tegan just doesn't appreciate her. Mm-hmm. And Casey says, Lizzie, your natural effervescence is one of your best qualities. And, you know, if she's just not feeling ZBZ anymore and it's too much, she should just quit. I know Casey is having like obviously ulterior motives here. She's not wrong, really. Yeah. yeah but Lizzie lives and breathes. Right. Of course. Of course. Like she's not going to be happy doing anything else. She sounds like she's just not enjoying the job either. Like she's talking about like how, yeah, she's having problems with Tegan, but she's just like so exhausted from doing all this stuff. So I think like, Yes, it was coming from a selfish place, but ultimately, like, it doesn't sound like she's really enjoying herself at this moment. But she does say, Lizzie then says that she's going to go tell Taken where to stick her ZBZ letters. Back at the KT house, Rusty is trying to get Beaver's attention because he can't find Dale. And Beaver's like very preoccupied with the new love of his life. I like them together, they're so cute. Mm-hmm. And then we see Dale, who is outside looking for his pants, who he's the pants that he's previously mentioned earlier were itching his bottom. So he's he's completely stripped in the backyard of the KT house. And that's when Rusty gets pulled into a closet by Cappy. And Cappy is so, so, so drunk. I don't know if we've ever really seen him this messy before. At the strip club. Right. That's the only other time. And this time he's messy over a different cart, right? Mm. and he is right he's asking rusty if the cartwrights prefer maxwell house over folgers and then he's over explains the analogy he's like and in this instance maxwell house is max and folgers is me (laughs) and um rusty just can't believe that cappy is jealous of max like he's very taken aback by that he kind of likes it oh he's eating it up He's like, wait, are you jealous? And Cappy says, just of his fresh roasted aroma. Yeah. Well, because the last time Cappy did this move to someone, it was Casey, right? At the Gatsby party. Yeah. I also think it's kind of jarring for Rusty to see because he thinks of Cappy as this very like larger than life being. So seeing him having a normal human kind of reaction to something is probably very unsettling. Mm -hmm. so 
at the convention, there's some incredibly awkward skits happening. And Tegan runs up to Casey, who's sitting with Ashley, and she thanks Casey for getting rid of Lizzie and says that Casey's won her vote. And then everybody in the audience is snapping at the skit. Erin, did you catch that? Yeah. So I guess it was a universal experience. And then Casey's leaving and she's obviously just kind of feeling like gross about what she's done. And Paula asks Casey, you know, oh, are you still getting things done? And Casey says, yes, but, you know, she's obviously not feeling good about it. She's kind of trying to reconcile what she did with like the greater goal that she has. And Paula starts telling her this story of how she had this good friend in college when she was president of her of ZBZ of her chapter. And the friend had all of these great things going for her, but she wasn't quote what like ZBZ, you know, like I think she says quality or ZBZ material or something. So yeah. basically like she wasn't like cute enough. And Casey says, oh, so I'm guessing you, you know, went against that and let her in and Paula says no I wish I had instead I did the easy thing I blackballed her and we were never friends again and she goes I wish I had stood up for my friend and you know I really regret that and she tells Casey that playing it safe is what you do when you're afraid Mm -hmm. and I thought it was good advice because it wasn't like you know she was like that's what you do when you're young and you're you want something and you're scared to make an unpopular decision but I think that really resonated with Casey, who seems to have a pretty strong moral compass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're back at the KT house. We're seeing the aftermath of the Galileo party. Pickle is wake, shaking Cappy awake. He's in serious distress. The engineers have killed Vesuvius. How dare they? I don't even know how that would have happened. But Vesuvius is ruined and Pickle is like an emotional wreck. And that's the front door of the house is missing. Rusty comes in and he feels really bad. He's and Cappy is basically like resigned. He's said so much for KT. He's very <laughs> defeated. Dale comes down the stairs. He's asking Rusty where all of his clothes are. He has a sex doll in his arms. No, he has no idea what's happened. He's completely blacked out. He also doesn't realize that he was drunk. He's Rusty- like, I'm a little disoriented. I wonder if he took the cure. No, then he probably wouldn't be that disoriented. Yeah. He asked Rusty to like fill him in. And Rusty says that he took too much sore throat medicine. And then him and Dale and Cappy kind of have this moment where they say hello to one another. And they both have this like recognition that they've had a conversation, but I don't think either of them remember the conversation. Yeah. It's like awkward, like as if they like hooked up the night before. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. (laughs) Hi. <laughs> um, and then Dale turns to leave and someone has written on his back the word butt munch. I didn't catch that. <laughs> I haven't heard that word since like sixth or seventh grade. I know. I was like, I've definitely heard this, but I was like, it's been at least over 10 years. Yeah. So then Beaver walks into the room. He's hand in hand with his elfin queen. And he is saying, does anyone know whose pants these are? They're really making my bottom itch. <laughs> it's Dale's pants. And they're very cropped on Beaver. <laughs> As you would expect. That's so gross. Ew. Yeah. So then we like go up to Heath's room and Heath is getting changed, dressed, and Calvin is in the bed with him. And we find out that Calvin came over during the party and Heath is kind of like, okay, so what, what's going on now? And Calvin says, I'm in college and I like to have fun and I have fun with you. I don't love this. Hate this. He's Calvin is like very enchanted by Evan. Yeah. He just really like looks up to him and Heath asks Calvin, so what about Michael? And Calvin doesn't respond. Casey shows up banging on Lizzie's hotel room door. She's frantic. She's had this realization that she just can't do this to Lizzie. Um, She's with Ashley and she tells Lizzie um, it's time for them both to stop being afraid. They need to stand up for themselves. Ashley says it's time to get serious and whips out her hair straightener. She has two. 
I it's love that. moment. I loved this. Love, love, that. I love this. Well, we all know that's the only way you can be serious. So they have to straighten Lizzie's hair. So Calvin finds Evan sitting outside of the coffee cart. And Evan, Evan is acting like nothing. He like he didn't say anything that he said the previous night. He's like, oh, well, nothing happened with that girl from the bar. Like, was he trying to sound cool by pretending he was going to go cheat? Yeah. yeah. What, what? And then he says to Calvin, I've found that when you cheat on someone, it gives them an excuse to dump you. And then he goes, I'm still intrigued by Franny. So I don't want her, I don't want her to dump me. This might be the worst sentiment of the entire series so far. That's why you don't want to cheat on her? That's why. You're still intrigued? And like, that's why you cheat on someone because you want them to dump you? Like what? It's really so weird. It was a lot of insane logical leaps there. But now we get to see Lizzie with her straight hair. And she's talking to Casey, who's kind of giving her a pep talk about standing up to Tegan. And she's saying, you know, you can do this. I did catch, you know, Santa had told us that Lizzie has a cat thing on her in every scene. She, a couple of these scenes, she's wearing a cat shirt or something, but she has a little pin in this one. And Casey says, I'm not afraid of losing Tegan's vote. Um, you know, we have to do what's right. And when Tegan sees Lizzie, she's so nice to her because she sees her from behind and she's like, hi, sister, or like, sorry, sister, something like that, because I think she kind of bumps into her. And then Lizzie looks up and Tegan goes, Frizzy? She can't (laughs) believe her eyes. And Lizzie, this was amazing. Lizzie says, I didn't give you permission to call me a nickname. Boom. Love that. Snaps for Lizzie. It is fantastic. And she says to Tegan that she's not going anywhere and that she's going to keep her position. And that's when Franny comes up to Casey and says, what are you smiling about? My votes are locked in. And Casey says that this isn't the vote that matters. The vote that matters is the presidential vote. And when they get back, she's going to kick Franny's ass. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Love. So at the dilapidated, the now even more dilapidated KT house, Max and some of the engineers show up and they're going to help clean up. And Max tells Cappy, you know, these are a bunch of geniuses so we can fix the house, everything we did last night, but also fix all of the fire violations. Like we know how to fix the sprinklers and stuff. And then that's when he gives Cappy his patented hangover cure. And he says it really is patented. (laughs) And Rusty can kind of tell that Cappy is like almost bummed that he isn't the one that saves the day. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, well, we would have figured something out. Yeah. He goes, we would have figured something else out. Um, And then he says to Cappy, there actually is another problem I wanted your advice on. And Cappy's face lights up. He's like, I couldn't tell it to Max. He's not good about, you know, girl problems. So he starts making up. Rusty makes up. Wait, but Cappy's response right away was so funny. I just have to say what he said. He says, I'm great at girl problems, causing them, complicating them further, solving them. (laughs) (laughs) True on all three. Yeah. And, um, then Rusty starts to spin this tale about this girl in his class called Miley Montana <laughs> who acts one way during the day, but then totally different at night. And Cappy's like, oh, this is an easy one. <laughs> oh my God. Did this, this blew my mind that Miley Cyrus like lives in the Greek universe. I was like, this doesn't feel like, like she seems too like new for some reason. You know what I mean? It must have just started. I think the show started in like 2008 or something. No, we've had this conversation before about when Hannah Montana started. Oh, oh, that's right. Because wasn't one of the actors on it? Yeah, it definitely, Hannah Montana definitely started way earlier because we, I think it was like fifth grade for us or like sixth grade. We were definitely heavily in middle school. Yeah. I did not watch it in high school and this show came out. It blew my mind. I was just like, wow, Miley has truly been around forever. It was great. Also, like, oh, Cappy. Doesn't he doesn't watch the Disney channel like us? He's just so eager to be giving advice again. So Ashley is saying her goodbyes at the convention. Ashley's made friends with everybody. It's Mm. it's just really, she's the people's princess. Paula finds Casey and she's just complimenting Casey. With like how Casey behaved this weekend. And she says she sees a lot of potential in her. 
she gives her her business card and Casey goes over to take the group picture and she's standing next to Ashley kind of examining the business card and she's reading Paula's name. Her name's Paula Baker. And she asks Ashley, you know, this sounds really familiar. Who is this? And Ashley is like, oh, she knows everything about every alumni that's there. Oh, Paula Baker, one of our most distinguished alumnas. Mm -hmm. And she says that Paula is um, a congresswoman from Maryland. And Casey says, maybe she shouldn't be limiting herself to just sorority politics. Love. Love. And then she kind of eyes Fran. Like Franny kind of gives her, Franny is so good at giving those looks. Like, I feel like the director just say like, give this kind of look to Casey. And she like delivers like, yeah. She gives her a look kind of like, this isn't over yet, poodle. Like, that's like what it says. <laughs> her eyes say poodle. Yeah. <laughs> Chilling. It's really good. What a fun episode. Great episode. I love it. And then like that final line with Lizzie, see you, see you next time, sisters. Is that what it is? See you next week? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> see you next time, sisters. Oh, oh my gosh. The titular uh, uh, line. Winners, losers. Lizzie. Lizzie, Lizzie and Casey for me. Yeah, Casey was my winner. She really had a full arc. And I'm just so, she had a hero's arc. I'm just so happy to see her and Lizzie, like, like her accepting Lizzie, you know, because she kind of like rolled her eyes a little bit. I think she liked Lizzie, but she like found her to be too much. But now I think she's relating to her and like, I, I, I really liked how they came together. Yeah, and she's realizing she doesn't want to be a Tegan who rejects a Lizzie she's seeing that exactly. look exactly. yeah she wants to be a Paula she wants to be like a Paula Lizzie mix mm-hmm. totally. <laughs> yeah. um, Calvin I know Calvin and also Evan yeah Calvin and Evan for sure yeah I just the fact that Calvin sealed the deal yeah that was Evan was being a huge douche but like oh. we've really become uh like numb to that these past few episodes yeah but I would argue that Calvin sealed the deal because his big brother was like put kind of like put it in his head that that's what he should be doing I mean obviously Calvin is is sentient and can make his own choices yeah like he looks up to Evan so much and like Evan like kind of pushing those kind of thoughts on him definitely swayed him yeah and he also doesn't like Michael let's be honest here Calvin you don't like Michael break up with him Seriously. And I think too, there is, I mean, cheating is always bad. I think there is something even like, there's something so disturbing about him going back to his ex, especially when last episode, he said, there's nothing going on there. It makes it way worse. He did something bad. It wasn't feels so good. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Joining us. Down. 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 Down.